Hello, everyone, and welcome to Griplock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. Hey, we are back from Dallas. We got quite the show coming in today. That's got a little Patreon question of the week, a little Pro Tour Europe, European conspiracy, all the facts that you Ooh. need to know about what the heck went on there. Trevor's trivia action. Uh, some good thoughts on FPO course design from Ulti World, a little off season player tracking, and then we're going to round it out with a sick in the bag segment, courtesy oh, sick. of Mr. Connor Kennedy. But first, before we get to sponsors, what before up? we get to anything, Connor. <laughs> what up? What's up, man? What up? Your what catchphrase, up? what the hex, when I throw a hex, yeah. has been stolen. Yeah. What the hex, dude? Yeah. Casey White. We, we, Trevor said Somebody it to Somebody else, me. too, right? Uh, Simon and Casey, I believe. No, but I say hex, yeah. Maybe no, we also that. said. No, what, say what I also said what the heck. We said kinda, what the heck. I, I, here's the thing. I say ago. so many things. It's impossible for it not to be used. All you I know? know is I pulled out my hex. Trevor said, "What the hex?" As Connor typically would, mm-hmm. and Ezra goes, "Oh, you, like you saw the Casey and Simon video? What the frick?" And we both Ezra? turned and yeah, looked dude. at him like. What did you just say? That was messed up. E2, like, Ezra? We've been, we've been saying this since August. What did you just they say to me? Yeah, what, is, what are you talking about? Let me be clear. When I heard it... No. On no. The, don't, be don't be clear. When I heard I it... Want, I need hate. When I heard I them it say it... I as big as possible. <laughs> I, when I heard them say in the video, I was I saw it as a uh, homage to what we did in ours, and I was tickled pink. I did not think they stole it. Well, my was, pink wasn't tickled. I am not pickled I was, pink. Oh! <laughs> I was tickled red. <laughs> I was not. Not pickle tank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, now am, that's cleared up. I am pink, but that's just my skin tone. Now that's cleared up. Let's what get up? into some sponsors in today's episode. <laughs> what up? Breaking news. Manscaped to sponsor today's episode now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. For, from a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kits allows you to shape your signature beard look. So you can finally use Manscaped products on your face. Go over to manscaped.com and use code GRIPLOCK for 20% off plus free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Just say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It starts with a beard hedger. This thing's a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting links all with one guard to no more messy drawer full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard links in just one guard. That rhymes. Plus, wow. it's waterproof, so you don't have to shave. in the. So you can actually shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink. I just have been sending it sometimes with a non-waterproof trimmer. Scary hours. Very happy to have a waterproof one now. How are you not dead? I don't know. The Pro <laughs> Kit also doesn't in there. They've created four der- dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, there's a beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all your hair is different, and your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than hair yep. on your head. That's, That's why this kit has a shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. They also have a beard oil, which is an essential piece for your main facial accessory, your beard. Uh, they can <laughs> cap it all off with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellas or dames. The Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure it's ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the grip code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code GRIPLOCKED. Manscaped's beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Uh, Manscaped should come out with a hat that's like the same as like the Bass Pro Shops hat, but it says Beard Pro Shops. Something to think about. Whoa. Manscaped, if you're Manscaped. listening. I'm thinking about it. All right, let's start to show up with a little Patreon question of the week. This one comes from... Uh, Can Jay- I interject? Did you see Drew Gibson did a stand-up comedy set? He did not. What? He, he did didn't? Not. No. If What's you read the, the comments, story? if you read the comments, he's putting one together to hopefully do one day. But he just oh. took the picture on the stage at a comedy uh, club. 
I would pay. He has a lot of notes that he's putting together, and he's just going to send it one of. These I days. would pay I, a pretty penny. That to sit is going and, to be and watch that. There's nothing more painful than seeing a comedy show like at like an open mic night, which I've seen many a times, where someone says jokes and everyone sits there awkwardly. What makes you it think is, he's not funny? It is yeah, the, what the most. I didn't say he wasn't funny. I think if I Drew, think if Drew, if Drew's, um, like went right at disc golf, like just right at it, just cut to the chase and made a bunch of disc golf jokes. I think he could deliver them. What if would, yeah. would it land it's at all, a comedy club though? No, it would land at my comedy club. Now, okay, that's just my brain. That's what I call it, the comedy club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Drew said in the comments, he said that he could just have one set. And then when he's on on the road, he can I just mean, get a bunch of I, comedy clubs I'm, and just do the same one over I'm and over begging, and over. Dude, and I need to see that. Like that. Hey, man, kudos. It takes guts. It takes guts to do. That. I don't have the. I don't have the stones to get on stage. And I feel like that means set. that he could be. He could be passionate about comedy, which means I would be interested to to hear it. You know, I was, love comedy. Man. Like, but passionate. Yeah, I don't know what I had to say to that. How would you respond? You guys are witnessing. Not you guys. I'm talking now to you guys. Are witnessing. Uh, something very important right now, and that is that I have not seen Hunter and Trevor for over a week, and um, and this is like my first time seeing them really, other than like a few minutes we spent together before we started filming this. So I'm a little bit extra giggly today. Just I'm excited to see That's you guys. I'm, I missed you guys. Yeah. They didn't I miss, miss you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, let's get on with the show, huh? Did um. <laughs> Patreon question of the week. So if you don't aware of what this is, basically every week we have a, a Q&A show over on our Patreon, the Heiser Club, um, called The Mailbag, where we have patrons submit questions. We answer those questions. Um, and this one was from last week from Jacob Sanders. He said, do you think the PDGA should slash will ever enforce a disc limit? And what do you think that limit should be? Connor, what do you think, man? A disc limit? Like in golf, you can only have 14 clubs yeah. in your bag. Um... I have just never really viewed it as an issue. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue by I, any means. I do think that a disc limit would like... I think it'd it would make be the game harder. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. You'd have to be a better thrower. I would suggest, I instead of a disc limit, a mold limit. Mainly because a mm. uh, disc limit, the whole problem with it is like, let's say that we made the disc limit 20, uh, yeah, I guess and then you play... USCGC hole five and you throw yeah. four the problem discs in is the water. There's so many molds that can like that doesn't really limit a player at all because like you can have know, a, you can have a destroyer. What if you say from this to that every both ends? Like you can have all your di- like you'd have guys basically just taking, it, would, it would be taking harder. their Thunderbirds and just purposely beating them in. It would be or harder. like maybe a be fascinating. Maybe then, a, well, but then if you lose that Thunderbird. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that I think it's a non-issue. A I think be. golf so is this also, many putters, this many mid ranges. I think because the nature of like being losing a disc is obviously more critical than losing a golf ball by a lot. Yeah. So that's why I don't think it really makes sense for the sport. But I do think if this if disc golf is like in an emergency, like we need to figure out a way to make this game harder. That's a, that's a viable option. I think they could to do make it, it to matter just, though. You got to make it to like it's got to go to like twenty to make it matter. Yeah, I think I think that they could implement it just to. Again, there's no real purpose for it because to actually implement it right now, you'd have to go like 25 or something where you have plenty of discs, but you can't go crazy. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really matter. But then at that, what does it matter? Because there's not surprised. that many players are Players are so discs. good. Players are so good at knowing exactly what they're going to throw every shot of a round pretty much um, that like most guys throw like six discs for a whole tournament sometimes. Like yeah, that happens. Like, I mean, I'll... 
I'll go out and play a tournament and throw like two different distance drivers, um, maybe like no fairways, one mid and two approach discs and my putters. And like that might be all I use for the whole event just because it's just the way the holes line up. I'm, so. very, I'm very curious as to why this hasn't happened, but I actually think it'd be entertaining to do for some kind of skills challenge at, you know, one of those tournaments is not like a real tournament uh, to do like a skills challenge of a like three disc round. So like, that like can you, be fun. You can only use three discs. Ooh. You can choose whatever three discs, but to watch pros choose only three discs and play with the, only those three discs would be really fun, actually. I feel like. It is. The disc the disc Me and my friends thing, used to do all the time. You would see a lot more creative lines if there was a yeah, disc Yeah, exactly. Because guys would have to conform. Because they're probably going to choose an overstable driver, which means that you're going to see... like. You're gonna see. You'd some see it on both ends. Yeah, lines. you'd see guys. You'd see guys trying to throw extreme hyzer flips to make their flippy disc work, yeah. and you'd see guys throwing more flex lines. Probably mm-hmm. there'd be a lot more shot shaping. But yeah, I don't think it's. I don't know that if it does happen, it'll probably end up being like so many discs that they're just trying to make sure nobody's being super excessive, but also yeah. they're not going to affect the play. And realistically, like in golf, the 14 club limit. Like yeah, if players could have more clubs, they would take them. But you know what course you're headed into. You know what you're going to use. And these guys are good enough that there's, you know, they're not. They're only gonna have to scramble so many times. Well, the the club limit though. When are you losing a club? No, the, the club limit. Or is, if it it's more like, um, yeah. And there's also that factor. But the club limit is like, you know, usually it's a guy like, ooh, do I want to take the three hybrid or my five? But I'm saying like, the, it would it would cause the same initial thoughts in disc golf. Right. The whole difference would be like, yeah, if you there's lose a high a disc, chance a, of you losing your right. seven iron out there right. on the disc mm-hmm. golf it's course, a, and then yeah. it's like, it, yeah, crap. It, it would yeah. be. It would be. I think. I think the the cons outweigh the pros. It's a cool idea, though. Yeah, it's it'd be an, fascinating. To see. Yeah. Okay. So, about uh, literally a week ago, because right after we we're done with the show, this announcement came out on Twitter from the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Well, it came out everywhere, but Disc Golf Pro Tour has announced a new partnership with the PDGA Euro Tour to provide live stream coverage um, on seven of the Euro Tour events and offer Pro Tour Silver Series points at all but one of those tournaments. Um, it expands the number of silver events to 15 and offers pathway for more European players to earn a pro tour points and even a tour card for 2024. That's a quote from the Ultra World article. Essentially, this happened basically as soon as we got off air recording last week. Now, y- listening to that, looking at the announcement, good move for the pro tour. It, it's expanding to Europe. It's offering European players more opportunities to earn Pro Tour points. It's doing a lot of good things for the sport. So you might say, why was there any pushback at all? The timing of the announcement was what caused the pushback because right. during of those events, uh, I believe four of the seven, or maybe five, because I think one of the Euro Tour is clip doesn't matter four of the seven events paul Macbeth is playing and was previously announced about a month before this event to be playing those mm-hmm. um also the first one that they're doing the clone Day open was already full at the time of this announcement and then on top of all of that it seemed that no players were aware this announcement was coming so even if players did want to attend some of these events yes you can say on one side of the coin it's happening in june july and august they got plenty of time to play plan but on the other side of the coin, they're already planning their tour schedule. They're already planning their European trip, and they didn't know this was coming. Is it actually that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? No. Let's start off with that. Um, so what it basically created was this whole conspiracy of, like, why was this announced so late? There were theories that Paul uh, knew this ahead of time and planned his Euro tour because of this. There were theories that Paul planned his Euro tour, and then the Pro Tour decided last second to do this. 
uh, and then there were theories that this was just a pure coincidence. Um, and I think that no three of them are all fully true. I think there's some true aspects to all except for the Paul one. I think Paul planned this Euro tour. He's been talking about going to Europe for years, literally back to like 2020. Um, so I think Paul planned his whole trip, no knowledge of what the Pro Tour was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read some quotes from the article because the Pro Tour has definitely been working towards this for a while. But the the thing that initially struck me weird is the Pro Tour is always, 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 ever since Jeff Spring and them took over, very slow and methodical. Yeah. We see we want to implement tour cards. They do it over like a four or five year plan. We see them want to expand to Europe. We see them do that very slowly, it seemed, until Mm -hmm. now. Everything that they do, their coverage, we've seen them slowly step with more and more focus to live coverage. They never make a spur of the moment, snap our fingers, make it happen decision ever until this one. This one felt very much last second spur of the moment, which is what made me go, that's fishy. What's going on? Because obviously, again, Paul had announced before. This article, uh, this is one of the reasons too. A lot of people were like, do an emergency grip lock and, and give us the information right now. When the Pro Tour first makes an announcement and there's something weird, you can almost guarantee throughout the week more information is going to come out. Mm-hmm. You, you can almost always guarantee it because people want to know. People are going to ask Jeff Springs and the people you know who are involved in it, and you're going to get a much clearer picture of what's going on. That's what this article and he also Jeff Spring also went on the upshot. That's what this is kind of all provided. So we can now provide you with a lot more information. I have a theory. I'll provide you with that theory. You can see if you agree with my theory uh, based on the facts that are out there. Um, so let's just scroll down here. So the the seven events that have been going on, DGN will be streaming them. Um, essentially, what will happen is they'll have FPO and MPO streams going on. It seems like a lot of these events do happen at the same time Pro Tour events are happening stateside. It seems like essentially what will happen is the MPO should be teeing off early enough in the morning, our time, Eastern time, that they should be finishing up about the time that FPO starts the U.S. event. So there shouldn't be any overlap as far as like... Which means my, that nobody will be watching it. Well, my first worry was, is this going to make... Once I saw like the coverage schedule and I saw like some of these events are happening the same time as Elite Series events happening, I was worried like is this going to make a decision that the viewer has to make between watching a Paul Macbeth lead card and an FPO lead card? Mm-hmm. Like are they going to be going on at the same time and you're making the viewer choose do I want to watch Paul or do I want to watch FPO? Yeah. That was one worry, but it doesn't seem like it seems like if that is an overlap at all, it might be for them like teeing off on the first hole or two, FBO wise. Yeah. But it's not going to be a problem of like well, if you want to watch both, you're going to be able to watch both. Well, the problem is now it's uh, if it's going to be before FPO, it's so early, nobody's going to watch it, and that's East Coast. Think about West Coast; they're going to be uh, dead asleep. And so, like, yeah, you'll have the. You're basically now. I think you're banking on live viewership. At least you're banking on the European. I mean, it's like the it. European Open. Right, but this is different I'll because be it's not the European it. Open. It's Paul Macbeth playing in A tier, basically. Essentially. So like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not I might watch it once, but you're not gonna bank on me getting up. I mean, how early are they gonna be starting? Like are we talking like six in the morning? No, probably about eight AM our time, seven AM our time. Yeah, like that's 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 a. I mean You'll get my viewership. Okay. You get that hundred viewership. But it, I mean I'm I, I am an early riser. That is four AM West Coast. Time. That's what I'm saying. Like And the FPO round will have already been the FPO European round will already be finished at 7 a.m. Yeah. So I, you're not going to get much viewership there. But I, I mean, and obviously, like, it is Europe. I, I understand that. So, like, there's only so much you can do. And I get they're trying to avoid the overlap, which I think is smart because I think if you overlap the FPO coverage, people will 
want to watch Paul playing at Kono Peach Day or and things of that nature. So that's a whole bag of worms that they did not want to have to open. So I, I get that. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of people in Europe hungry for disc golf and they'll be able to watch too. So, um, hopefully they're able to get some live viewers there. Cause like, I just don't see a ton of people seven, eight in the morning throwing on a silver series. I don't know though. Maybe I'm just wrong. Cause I mean, I'm sure well, I, the factor, I will tune in sometimes, but say like the big factor people are at is, work. Big factor is other than a normal silver series, Paul Macbeth will be in there yeah, of course and pretty much will always be on lead card <laughs> yeah so, i say they better hope he's on lead card if paul's not on lead card he'll still well the, it depends matter. on how they do coverage there's a lot of questions still to be yeah, answered paul's card just get filmed no matter what um, i'm sure paul will be on all the feature cards duh but there's only that's only for four of the events yeah. let's remember that too there's seven of them total so they're covering the clone Day open the crocole i'm gonna butcher some of these just be aware. Klonopiche Open, the Krokol Open, the Swedish Open, the Skeleftia Open, the Åland Open, the Alutagusi Open, and the Andalusia Open. Brutal, brutal. But all opens. Um, it'd be funny if you got them all perfect and then you're like, the Swedish Open. <laughs> uh, so the let's scroll down to the announcement timing. Um which will, uh, because the European tour, they talked about it a little bit. Obviously, they're very excited to have more live events coming. Mm-hmm. It does seem that the Pro Tour will be um, teaming up with a live streaming company. I believe the name is Pulsia, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, we have heard reports, we didn't watch this, that Pulsia was the one that covered like the Finnish Nationals last year live, and apparently the coverage was pretty terrible. So it'll be interesting, will the Disc Golf Network's resources and like with them fix some of the problems that were going on yeah that's one of the storylines to look at going into this so let's look at the paul's european trip was announced about a month later or so a few weeks later at least this announcement comes out so the announcement of the pro tour this is from ultra world announcement of the pro tour is broader european move came on the heels of paul and beth announcing a seven event european tour during the 2023 season he'll compete at six pdga euro tour events including the pcs open which is also a pro tour elite series event along with the european open so that's why it's four of these new seven ones they're announcing mm-hmm. and then paul also has the pcs and a pro tour um Macbeth had been planning a bigger european swing last season but ultimately just played at the european open another thing to keep in mind here and to do this european tour paul will be skipping three elite series events ddo des moines preserve and an elite plus event of portland open to tour in europe um, so basically the reason Paul made this decision is he just wants to switch things up, grow his brand in Europe. He's been playing, he stated he'd been playing in Emporia, Kansas for 16 years straight and the European t- swing will take him to some familiar stops, but also some brand new places. And, and he said, we just haven't seen where disc golf is in these countries. So Macbeth. Um, now this is the interesting point that has come out in this article. Uh, this is referring to Paul. He said that he did hear that the Pro Tour was considering offering live streaming coverage of more events in Europe and that he had also learned some of his tour stops would offer Pro Tour silver points when he spoke to Spring in December about his decision to skip a big stretch of the Pro Tour events in the U.S. At that point, he had already traveled to Europe, but then this is Paul being quoted. I told Jeff, I'm going regardless whether whether or not they're silver events, but do it. It would be awesome for European (laughs) disc golf. So... Hmm. First part of that article says, <laughs> "Wonder Paul, if that helped convince them." The first part of the article says that he had learned some of his tour stops would offer silver points when he spoke to Spring in December. But then his quote makes it sound like that decision hadn't been made because he said he told Jeff whether or not there's silver events, he's still going. Do it. 
it would be awesome for European disc golf. Yeah. I think the driving commonality here is that the Pro Tour is focused on growing professional disc golf across the world, and it seems like Paul's in a desire to encourage growth, said Spring. Some pro players online expressed frustration about the announcement about more point-earning opportunities coming up so close to the start of the season. Mm -hmm. Spring acknowledged they would have preferred the announcement to have been earlier, but it was a big decision that required a lot of preparation. We're five months out from when these events start. So I think if it, so I think if people want to adjust their schedule, we're still in the preseason. We're still about a month before we kick off. So he's basically saying they have time to do it. He also said the additions were not, not all of them. He also said the additions were not not designed for us players who would likely have to skip elite series events to play Euro tour silver ones. That's a big point. So go ahead. He also said, this is really focused on European pros and growing the pro scene there. Here's what I will say. And this is where I had a problem when it was first announced. A, if you're going to give a heads up to any players, which Paul, we now have on record, did know. Not before he planned his trip, but he did. He was aware somewhat of this coming. If you're going to give a heads up to a player, all the players need that heads up. Because this shouldn't have been something that took players by surprise. When we, we had Paul Ulibarri on Brody's show, The Disc Golf Hour, and he is the head of like a player association with the PDGA, he had no clue points are being offered at that point. And this was mm-hmm. 24 hours after the announcement had happened. Right. Um he should have been someone who was known knew ahead of time so he could tell the players. B, again, we talked about. The Pro Tour doesn't snap the decisions, ever. Mm-hmm. That is just a pattern you can look at. Them in December not knowing and having Paul telling them whether or not we're going to, like, I'm going regardless, but do it. It would be awesome for European disc golf. And then a month later, they make this decision. To me, from the outside looking in, I think that contradicts what Jeff Spring was saying, that this decision was a big decision, required a lot of preparations, so on and so forth. Because if you don't know you're doing it in December, that means this was a pretty quick turnaround of like, hey, we've talked about it. So just move it to next year and you avoid all these problems. This is because the- You know, you have to- Because like, if it has nothing to do with Paul and they knew it was going to be a split decision and people's schedules were already made, they would have just moved it to next year. Here's here's my... You know, I mean, Paul literally told Jeff Spring to do it. Like, he is within his rights to say that to Jeff Spring. But like, if you don't think the most influential player in the world telling you to like do something is going to not influence you, then I mean, you're nuts. Like, of course it is. Like, I mean, if I were Jeff Spring and Paul said something like that, I'd probably want to do it. Like, it's just how it is. Like... here's what my here's my now that we've seen the facts we've seen what everyone's saying here's my take on what happened the pro tour again like i've said has always been methodical so i think the pro tour tested things with the silver series at the pcs open last year they live streamed the european open saw good success their next step this year they made the pcs open an elite series event before the european open and i think that they were beginning to think about hey what do we do with the euro tour what if we made them silver events in the future Mm -hmm. that'd be cool for the growth then that's kind of where things were at going into the year. I think they were happy with things being there. That's why they announced their schedule back in 2023, mm-hmm. uh, early 2022, I mean, for 2023. That's why they announced that schedule. It looks the way it does. December rolls around. Paul tells the Pro Tour, I'm skipping out on some big events. I'm doing the Euro Tour. I want to do it. Paul's reasoning, completely innocent. He wants to do it. And the Pro Tour has this idea already in the back of their mind of making these events a silver event in the future. Yeah. Now has a reason to go ahead and jump the gun and do it this year because yeah. it's going to have way more press. It's going to have way more attention if you already have Paul at these events. Yeah. So it's a better decision for the Pro Tour and for European Disc Golf to do it now. Mm-hmm. What they overlooked with this decision is it brings up a lot of questions. It wasn't very well received and it makes it where players feel left out because... Because uh, they were. They were. <laughs> uh, the thing though is 
I don't think this changes any player's decision. I think if players knew this back in October, most of the players' schedules would look about the same. I think that some players might choose to play the two silver events yeah. that are on either side it's, of... It's about the principle. And the but it's the principle of, the of it. Absolutely. Having... And people also were getting upset at me because I was saying they're handing Paul points. And they're like, well, Paul's giving up so many points, blah, blah, blah. Paul chose to give up points before he knew there were any silver events going on. Yeah. So Paul was essentially saying, I'm willing to take zero pro tour points mm-hmm. to go over to Europe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With this decision, as long as Paul wins two of the four that he's playing, because you can only count three silver events, he already has one silver event win from a wraparound tournament. Yeah. As long as he wins two of the four that he's playing, which if you're a betting person, you're betting he's probably winning three of the four, if not four of the four that he's playing during this. If he wins two of them, that is giving him 100 points, which is the equivalent of winning an elite series event yeah. over here. They are now gifting him those 100 points back. Yeah, That's what I don't like. I get that it probably won't matter at the end of the day. I get all of that. But with making this decision, yes, is it for the European players? Sure. I get that. It's giving European players a chance to win some po- yeah. earn some points. Are any European players going to earn enough points during those seven silver series events that only three can count, plus the European <laughs> Open and the yeah, solo Open to get to, to the Tour win, Championship? Basically. If they win three of them, the Sula Open and the European Open, yeah, they might. But then on that point, they need yeah. to come to the U.S. So, and tour anyway. So, so the, the, I don't like how this decision all shook down. I think that what we saw was they made a decision not thinking of the consequences as far as how it would be received from the public. It was received from the public in a lot of questions way, and it wasn't just all like good, good stuff. Uh, and I think they then are like, okay, let's let's just kind of like talk through it, let the public kind of know where we were at, all of that. And, you know, like I said, this move is good for the sport of disc golf. It's good for the Pro Tour. It would have been better if it happened announced now for next year. The streaming side, I'm all for it. Throw cameras over there with Paul over there. That makes a lot of sense. Get some, there is no, yeah. nothing wrong with the streaming side. I'm not for throwing points at it. I think throwing points at it with when you're a month out wasn't a good look. And I think it was just an oversight. In my yeah. opinion. And I feel like this is obvious in what in the way that you said everything, Hunter, but I feel like we have to like be extra clear with this. We do not question Paul in this at all. He didn't do no, anything. No, it's pretty wrong. obvious. Paul yeah. set his we schedule d- well before he knew any of this. People are just gonna assume that we're coming after Paul. But well, we that's need what to be- was happening on Twitter. Exactly. And we assumed. need to be clear with everybody. This yeah. has nothing to do with Paul doing anything mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, it, any player would be like, yeah, you should do that. Like yeah. that's that's great. All the There's nothing wrong with him doing that. No. I, my my point. So I think a lot of people. I think if you look at the timing of the announcements, like that whole argument is pretty obvious. Like if you want to just say that, like that that the Pro Tour's decision had nothing to do with Paul, that's fine. Like whatever. But I think it's I think the writing is on the wall there. I think it's pretty obvious, and I'm kind of over that. But my my thing is, and this is what people aren't talking about, is the Pro Tour is supposed is still trying to work on their own US tour and they are giving out pro tour points to events that aren't on US soil um, knowing that it so their whole idea like the one quote there from Jeff Spring is saying like like we're still focused on our tour here like we just want to like help European disc golf grow if you make a ton of silver series abroad, you're going to end up eventually potentially splitting some of the tour. I mean, you have your best player going over there right now. Um, what I think should be done if you want the, I don't think you should try and tie the Euro tour into the disc golf pro tour. I like a few European stops, but what I think they should be doing, if they want to help boost the European tour and then grow that sport, they should be having it continue to be its separate entity and maybe the top certain finishers on the Euro Tour 
get spots in the playoff. That would be, to me, make a little more sense because that way you're not encouraging U.S. players to abandon the tour for European events um, and splitting up the tour. Well, you're also encouraging, like I don't, I don't like that because like that would have that would have avoided this whole situation because the points is like the the filming growing. That's great. But it's weird having a separate tour have points onto the like these are two separate tours. This is not the same tour as the Euro Tour and the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So either they need to be the same thing, or you need to just like I'm okay with maybe giving a like a couple spots. I mean like one or two spots from the Euro Tour, like top two finishers, and maybe let them into the playoff. Like that would be okay with me. That's fine. Um, but I don't like them tying it in in the same format, saying these events on a completely separate tour are going to be given points as if they are played on our tour when it's not our tour. It's a different tour. The field is completely different and there's so much work to be done on our own tour that like I see their initiative and I see the good behind it, get cameras out there, but I don't like them bridging it so directly. I'd rather see them let it be its own thing, give it some boosts, but in theory, the Euro tour like the goal should not be for the Euro Tour to integrate itself with the Pro Tour. It should be for the Euro Tour to thrive on its own. So why do the points thing and directly tie it to the tour, this tour? Like let it be its own thing and grow on its own, giving it help, but not tying it in. So that's the thing I think a lot of people are overlooking. They're just talking about, oh, conspiracy, this, that. And that's all there on the table. We've set our our piece. But I think a lot of people are like, I, I question the strategy in which they're doing it with the points more so than even the sketchiness of the points. It's like why I don't I don't like the way they're tying it in that directly. That's that's what I was. No, thinking. it's a great. I ended a lot of great questions being asked. Um, and again, my whole theory is just that it's a theory because I'm just yeah. looking at the information provided. Yeah. The and if you just take everyone's word yeah. at face value, what they read, you don't read into it, then this is a complete coincidence. And here's the they were line. working towards it, and it took them from the school to open until January to cross the T's but and dot the I's. That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying. What I said is, if it is all coincidence, if it's all one giant coincidence, which is like a little bit far fetched, but if it is, then I think it's still the Pro Tour's fault because I think number one, they knew about Paul before they made their announcement, so push it to next year, save yourself the trouble, or two, don't award silver points and save yourself the trouble. Like it all still falls on the pro tour, whether, oh, whether there was, it was, even if it was a giant coincidence, they still had time to, to change their strategy. So I think their strategy was poor. Um, well, I think what it also will that's, do that's is, what it comes down um, to. cause we were talking to Brody about this a little bit. There, there are, if I'm not mistaken, what Brody was saying is there's two silver events that kind of capstone the Sula Open and the European Open. Mm-hmm. There's one before the Sula Open and one after, whether you're in the U S or if you're in Europe. So if you're a U.S. pro and now these silver events are going over there, you're splitting the silver event field for what's here. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'm like That's Brody I'm was saying, saying like, it's he's, he's looking tour. at the silver events in like the the European field historically is way weaker depth of field wise yeah. than even the weakest silver event stateside. Yeah. Statmando has. So that. why wouldn't you go over there? Exactly. You're already going to be over there. So now you're splitting because now what might happen is now those events become stronger than the one stateside. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you now have sponsors and everything that have paid and you, communities yeah, that have already never put time and that. energy into this. And then now you're taking some of their field from them. And this is, to not, send it to Europe. This is not like an anti-Europe thing. It's no. like these are two different tours. I think people are going to, those lines, and because the PDJ is behind the Euro tour, like those lines, lines are going to get blurred so quickly. It's already happening. People are already just going to consider those pro tour events because they're silver series events when like these are two different tours and the pro tour needs to look out for themselves before the European scene like that. It's, it's, you know, the European scene has their own tour. The PDGA backs them. If the PDGA 
wants to put their money where their mouth is, like that's a that's a tour that they back. Um, the pro tour needs to be able to put their focus towards ours. And like I said, sending a few cameras over, whatever is fine. But I don't like them blurring the lines there. Well, I think what gets confusing is because the, the European golf, tour should be able to exist on its own. Yeah, like, and that's the goal. We the want disc that. golf network and the disc golf pro tour are two separate things. They can yeah. exist separately. The Euro tour can be broadcast by the disc golf network yeah. without any tie to the disc exactly. golf pro tour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my mind, that's where it should live. Yeah. And I don't even like your solution of the top Euro Tour people get into the playoffs. I personally think the Euro Tour can just be a way to earn points towards a tour card to where people can like I like top, I like that even more. I like that X even amount more. Of people yeah. earn earn X amount of points. I like them being able to, to, be able to get tour cards yeah. to come to the US. Because what you might also do is let's say this continues to develop. Right. And this and their silver events. And now you're like, okay, well, let's take a few more of the Euro Tour events and make them a few more elite series. Well, now what you're doing is you're even farther splitting the field because now if I'm a European player, I have to start doing the math of how, when is it worth me traveling to the US versus staying here and playing silver events mm-hmm. and further elite events? Like, yeah. when is the math? So now you might have a Christian Tatar think, this is years down the road if this keeps developing and those turn into elite series. You might have Christian Tatar, the best FPO player in the world, be like, it doesn't really make that much sense for me to come to the US until August. Or maybe I'll only come to the US through May and then I can just do the Euro Tour the rest of it because I can be closer to home, spend less travel money. Mm-hmm. And now you're losing the best FPO player in the world. Uh, th- I think there's a lot of negatives that that is, again, why my theory is that this decision was rushed and that this decision was like a future decision. And once they discovered Paul was going to be over there, they were like, hey, let's capitalize on this and pushed it and made it happen. That's why I have that theory is because I think there's a lot of cons that if the Pro Tour would have sat down and thought through all, which they do for everything else, thought through yeah. all of the repercussions for their actions, they would have taken their slow stance like they do for everything else. It would have been a lot more of a, a put together package. They wouldn't have announced it after the, con- that's the other big thing. If this was their plan all along, you're telling me they're not announcing this before the Kona Piche Day open registration even happens. Yeah, like is, you're that, telling me they that, let that it to me fill, is just fill, crazy. Yeah. And then they do it. Like That's just not believable for me. It, it, it's that, a, it's a just, stretch for me, but hey. And like we criticize that because we know that the Pro Tour is typically good about it. Like that's where this is coming from. We're not like, oh, those Pro Tour, they're always screwing up. They typically have a good, the right approach. Yes. So that's why this one just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but again, whether it makes sense to me or not doesn't is, matter. This, this is, is all my theory. This is not anti-Paul. No. Paul did nothing wrong. Paul did nothing wrong. I've said that multiple <laughs> we times. We have to say if it so many times. If people don't hear it, we're going to get crushed. If people don't hear it, they don't hear it. But the I think the Pro Tour just rushed this decision to capitalize. I think it was a good, hearted decision because I think, again, they were like, we have Paul over there. That's going to make this way more media want to cover it. It's better to do it yeah. now than next year when we might not have Paul over there. I think it was all well-intended decision, but I think because they rushed it, they overlooked a bunch of steps that is now making it have pushback. Um, all in all, though, good decision, good for the sport, bad timing. That's what I'll say on it. I think that makes a heck of a lot of sense, Hunter. Hopefully it made we'll sense to people the, at home. Yeah, we'll see what the jury says. All right, time for the fan favorite segment, Trevor's Trevor. Trivia. Okay. Sorry, my bravado is coming through. What is that called? Bravado. My bravado. (laughs) What is it actually called? Vibrato. Vibrato. That was close. Yeah, you were. All right, we're going into the PDGA approved golf discs list today. Yes. Because I just love it. So this is how the game is going to work. We've done, I think we've done a game. We've probably done this game before, something similar. Um, Basically. Just to be clear, I never get offended whenever you repeat games. Well, I always I do a lot unless they have to do with guessing years and Ooh. and geography Ew. of tournaments. <laughs> okay, no, not not. It doesn't have anything to do with tournaments. Just discs. 
Um, so the way this is going to work is I'm going to get, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of control over this one. So I will have you give me a manufacturer and then I will pick a disc from that manufacturer and you're going to try to get as close to the year as possible. Um, the further away, the more points you don't want points. Um, and I will let Connor go first. Ah, you know, let me make, I'm going to make one more stipulation because Hunter's brain is spinning right now. The manufacturer had to be established before 2016. Just throwing a year out there. Just so you can't just say that would make, that would have made it very easy. I just realized that that was exactly where my brain was going. I could see it in your eyes. I'm going to see this time. I actually thought of the thing before it happened. (laughs) Give me some kudos for that. See, I don't think I, 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 my, I, my brain doesn't good. So, like every manufacturer people know about, basically, is what you can pick from. No, yeah, I go, I go, I go good. <laughs> I told you my brain was broken. All right, I'll go. Um, I think I'm gonna go MVP. Okay. There's so many. They're on still, this list. they're still young, you know. No, I like that pick. Yeah, I feel like I still have a pretty good. All right. I don't know when MVP was established, though. MVP. Can I can I Google that? I'm just no. Kidding. <laughs> MVP. Let's go with the photon. The photon. So I. So we're gonna do. Like a, we're gonna do three each. By the way. So are you? How do, how do the points work? If so you if guess you, it right or closest, it, you want to get as close as possible, and the more points you have, is how many you're off. You don't want points. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll say if you guess it on the dot, you get minus one. I love it. Yeah. Birdie golf. Um, uh, the photon, I'm not sure when MVP was est, E-S-T established. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to say, but they're not super old. I'm going to, but that is, that is a staple disc for them. I'm going to say 2012. That's where my mind was at, but I don't know if it's right. 2015. Oh, way newer, way newer. My mind was in the same spot as you. I'm going Prodigy. Yeah. Mm, He likes his odds with Prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy Disc. I like that. I don't know when they were founded, but I know when they got, they signed their pro We're going to have to look that up after this game because I'm I'm so curious about both Prodigy and MVP. Those were the two ones that I was like, those have to be newer. Yeah. Let's go with, hmm. The M5. Okay. 2018. 2014. Oh. That's that old. I had a feeling that was going to be a trap one. Wow. Yeah, I would have never guessed. Is that one of their original molds? (laughs) I think so, and I think they just like stopped making it. How did they? (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah, that is awful. Because there was also a D5 like a long time ago, but they like never made it. They skipped to the D6. I remember the M5. The first time I threw it was around 2018. I just assumed it was a new disc then. All right, Connor. Because the M5 felt... Awful. Yeah, it was not. It had like right. that weird, That's why they making weird it. rim. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like the PA five. Um, the PF five feels all right. <clears throat> PA five is great. Yeah. So how much? What did Connor? It's five to three right five now. To three. So he's beating you by two. Oh, okay. I thought four it was to three. Four. What did you just say? I said two thousand twelve, and it was twenty fourteen. That's four years. Did, was it? Did I say twenty fourteen? That's what you said. You're right. It's four. It's four to three. I can't math. You got to keep this. Okay, guy. so we're you basically we're basically, gotta, yeah, basically neck and neck here. Um. Um, let's go, let's go 
let's go oldie boys. Let's go oldie boys. Oldie boys. <laughs> I'm going what up? gateway. Oh, oh that's, that's terrifying. That be oldie tough. boys. I think I might I think I might do good, but really? my reasoning is not there. I don't have a reason. Okay. You just um, feel like you know them. I just am gonna guess something old. Let's go with the war. How old are the they? The warlock. Though? The warlock is it's an old that's a pretty old one. How old is pretty old though? I have no idea. I shouldn't. Like you going nineties, eighties? No, not nineties. I'm going thousands. I'm going tens? early two thousands. We're going early two thousands with like this bad boy. At. I'm gonna say that the warlock. I'm gonna say this bad bunny was made in. <laughs> we need a bad bunny stamp. Two thousand and five. I liked that. That's where Good my guess. mind went. Two thousand and seven. Oh, that's I not bad. I, I thought that's it was a bad. trap question. I thought you were gonna go way older than that. So that was no, good. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a rational well done. guy. Well, I you're doing like, really well so far. Good job, Connor. I would like discraft. But you would. <laughs> Those are dangerous, though. It's less dangerous than Innova. <laughs> Innova is very scary. I know. I kind of want to do Innova just for fun. So I might. Because Innova, you'd be like 1983. You'd be like 2013. You'd be like, ah, <laughs> yeah. There's 30 it's years. Such a wide range there. What am I going to go with next? Let's think? go. Let's go with the Banger GT. Oh, there's no way. Freak me, huh? Uh, uh, Banger GT, you got to think of MJ. And MJ, <laughs> you got to think his heyday is 2012. So I'm going 2010. 2005. I'm kept within five years. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is big. That, that With Discraft, Connor five could, years is very good. Yeah, so, that was a blind guess. So Connor could clinch here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm clinching. <laughs> <laughs> just, throw out, just throw out some disc golf companies for me. I'm just, Innova, for like all the ones you didn't um, mention. Innova. Um, <laughs> just take Innova. Innova dude, do it. Uh, <laughs> give me, give me just like one second to think about some other companies. I N N O V Innova. I mean, can I do like Innova? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, la 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 la. There's one that like, kind how of, like long, innovate. How long has Infinite been around? Uh, well, their molds have been too recent. I don't oh, know. I, I don't know, know what that's I'm going true. With. I'm going with Millennium. That's I actually feel like that's a pretty good. That's a is pretty it? good one. I don't yeah. know though, because like no, because the, they, but they were Prime during like a certain. But Prime, like, when, does, when go, does that mean it was made? Let's go with it, the by Logan Paul. Let's go with the Solstice. <laughs> the Solstice. Solstice. Okay, so Solstice is one of those like mid era Millennium discs. Yeah. I would think. Now what's mid era? Like, I don't. Eighty five. <laughs> 93? This is stupid. Millennium was stupid. That was really dumb. No, man. It's not dumb. That's like the thing about me is I don't really do something like that. Um, I want to say, so I feel like this disc was being thrown in 2013, 2012. But I'm going to say that it was created. Created. Because this is when it's approved. Yes. Mm. Approved. Not created, but approved. In uh, the hand gestures, help me. I'm it casting does. a spell. I, I can, I can feel it. Two thousand and six. Oh, good guess. Twenty twenty two. What is Malin? Where? What? <laughs> what? Sixteen years. All right, you just opened the gate. Oh, for me. it was literally a year ago. I didn't. I can tell that. as soon as as soon as I was like, I'm doing pretty good at this game. I was like, I'm bound to stupid. I would like. That was such a trap question, though. Yeah. Like, what the heck, man? You did, that was me. I you had like, to know me, man. You had to know me on that one. Dynamic discs. Dynamic discs. That dang. That is. Why did I pick a company that like yeah, I don't know was, every mold? Yeah. I was thinking I was gonna like the QMS. I'd never heard of the Solstice. So I've I was thinking it's it. either really old or really new. I've heard of it, and I went with really old. Dynamic Gosh, that discs. Was painful. Let's go this with is a victory the. Lap at this point criminal 
I feel like the criminal. How many? How? Where am I at in comparison to Connor? You. This is this one's way. Twelve easier. would tie. If I'm twelve off. Yeah. Have they? They've only been around ten years. Wait. Mm-hmm. They just had their ten year anniversary been boxes. Eleven years. Well, now because it's 2023, yeah. they had their 10 year anniversary boxes. Yeah, so 2020. Yeah, it's 2017. Hunter wins. Yeah, that was. That was I, that's why I knew they just had their 10 Lane year anniversary was a, boxes. Was a tough scene. That I knew was, they had their 10 year anniversary boxes. I was. It so. was a mixture of. A, it was a mixture of a bad choice and a clever uh, <laughs> choice by Trevor. <laughs> that's me, man. I would have done the same thing to Hunter. When did Millennium you start, have, dude? Like you, you care about him so much. I was. Yeah. Whenever I was. I was playing four square with these kids and this kid was like every time he would get in there he would get out and he started crying and screaming and he was like why are you guys all targeting me and I was like kid how do you not understand that it's not personal I understand now Trevor hates my guts yeah that's how I feel right now he just every you play time, a lot of four square you do play I a played, lot of four I played square like for, twice for I played like adult. twice in the past you feel like months. you always push four square on us yeah, always, I like four square trying to force four I played four square a lot as a child it's I liked four it. square hmm? it's four square he's trying to force it on us oh nice four square all right Fun time, guys. Connor, yeah. two good, really two two really good I was rounds doing, there. I was doing good for a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm hang happy. that one in your trophy cabinet. Was doing really good for two rounds. I don't have a trophy cabinet. I'm gonna get you one. Uh, Ulti World came out with this article called "It's Time for More Thoughtful FPO Course Design on Tour," and they lay out kind a, of a bunch long title. Of, uh, who wrote it? Steve Tomiko and Emily Yale. Not great at titles, I have to say. Okay, we'll take it up with Steve. It's very no. long, very long title, Steve. I disagree. I think it's a good title. I think it's a great title, Steve. I agree in the middle. I think that you guys both have excellent points. <laughs> I think we need to stop talking about the title and talk about the... Get to uh, the meat. Let's get to the meat. Let's talk to the meat of the article. <laughs> um, so the simple... This is the first stat they provide. It says, The simple stat can set the stage for the problem. In 2022, there was a total of three holes at the elite events that went the entire round without being birdied by MPO field. In FPO, the number of holes not birdied in a round, 68. Hmm. Wow. So three versus sixty eight. That's crazy. There's only three, like a total yeah, of three holes. Pretty, at it's elite pretty events. staggering. So sixty five difference. Um, and so then they go into just fact after fact after fact of basically explaining what most of us already know mm-hmm. that the FPO field gets the short end of the stick when it comes to course design. A lot of times, yeah. and I think that they're at least in my mind. There's kind of three different ways that FPO courses are designed on tour. Yeah. Way number one is they just change the par. Mm-hmm. Um, wrong move, in my opinion. Yeah. Way sure. number two is they play short tees already in existence. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the wrong move, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And way number three is, and now these are, there's obviously some different ones, but way number three is they design them an actual course. Um, and in general, it, it, they show this with stats, but it seems like, when you design them an actual course, like separately from MPO, it ends up solving a lot of the the problems, such as Sunset Hills. <laughs> of course. Makes sense. Now, the problem that I think it gets presented, though, is that is the most obvious answer, mm-hmm. but there's two kind of issues with it. One is it's the obvious answer to what question, because the it seems like FPO field is somewhat split on what they want, because some people would say that one of the best, most enjoyable tournaments, scoring-wise, to watch was USWDGC. Yeah. That was also criticized by topper t- higher end FPO players because it was too easy. There wasn't enough stroke separation. Yeah. Uh the flip side of that coin, you have some like LVC, um you also have some like European Open where they essentially played the MPO layout. LVC they changed yeah. the pars around a little bit. European Open, I think they straight up played the layout. 
And I think that kind of went too far in the other direction where mm-hmm. it played very much to the higher end pros, but the middle of the field and lower field had no shot. So it's something that I think everyone will agree needs to be addressed somehow on the yes. pro tour. But I guess the question is how, like, is there well, actually an answer to address this problem? So the first, for the first part of that, you have the, like, do we cater towards entertainment or the top end of the field? The thing is you have to cater towards the top end of your field. The, the problem is um, going to be solved because right now FPO just has a much um, larger skill gap between the top and the bottom and there's not as much parity as MPO. That problem is going to be solved. I firmly believe that FPO players will continue to, to play the sport. Sports growing. That problem will over time solve itself. So I think you cater towards the best players on tour. Guess what? Most of the time, they're going to be the ones that people want to watch, the ones on lead card anyways, and you're not going to see the bottom of the field a lot of times anyways. So that's okay. I do agree. The, the USWDGC, chaotic, fun, but as somebody who kind of knows how the game of disc golf, I could see what was happening. I could see the injustice in that. And so it's hard for me to not side with the top players. So I think you care towards the top end of the field. The field will eventually level out. It will eventually catch up. So that's that problem. Problem number two, um, just can't really be solved right now, I don't think. I think that there are probably a lot of events that aren't putting enough thought into it. And I think that part of the issue can be solved. But you're not going to have separate courses um, unless... Because, I, I mean, you just don't have the right venues. Um, and also, right now, you're focusing so much marketing towards one venue and one event that splitting it, you know, it comes down to the issue. It, the FPO tour right now is not sustainable on its own. That's why it's going with the MPO tour. It makes sense for everybody to be able to all travel together, put one big effort uh, into the event. This is not a foreign thing. Like, this is just how it is right now. Um, obviously, we've seen in golf now the LPGA tour. It's own entity. It survives. It does quite well. There's a lot of women who make a ton of money on that tour. Um, and it's fantastic. And they do their own thing. And I think down the line, I've heard this from FEO players. Missy Gannon told me like, that's, that's what a lot of them want. They want their own tour and they know they, you know, they're not unrealistic about it. They know that that is something that is just going to take time. The women's game, this is how it is in sports. It just takes longer to grow, um, than the men's side. That's just how it is right now. Um, so that's the reality of the situation, but I think that what with what they have to work with right now, you know, I think that maybe it just comes down with them being a little more intentional because there are some courses that do a lot better. For instance, I think that um, here's one solution. So you have right now you have the um, well, a lot of times they move up the T. Like for I think that US DGC and Throw Pink that is a course where the FBOTs. I think do a pretty good job of capturing the essence of the holes they play. But the biggest complaint is the landing zones are not correct um, because there's an FPO and MPO or there's a, they're made for where the MPO players are landing. So I think it gets a little sloppy, but like maybe the fix is having different colored ropes for the M for the FPO field mm. or taking them down after that is a pain in the butt. And yeah, that would be visually not pleasing, but I'm just saying like all of the solutions in my mind that I'm thinking of, for the FPO field until they can have their own tour are very imperfect. There's going to be, there's going to be problems with them. There's going to be complaints with them. So I think this might be something that I think there are probably a lot of TDs that maybe need to be more intentional about it. Maybe we need to be thinking about it a little more with course selection. I also hope that people that are designing private courses, like building courses, if I right now were making a pro tour stop, that would be a thought that I was having. I'm thinking, Hey, let's make sure that we have FPO design tees that make sense. Like that would be thinking about that. Um, cause a lot of short tees at courses are fantastic, but some aren't. 
um, and vice versa. So I think that those are things that need to be put into place, but I think this is a long-term solution of the FPO field will eventually get strong enough that someday it'll sustain its own tour. Yeah. And that's just that. Well, I think if you look at the MPO and FPO field, um, the way MPO course design, course design has progressed is it pushes the top level of the sport. Mm-hmm. The difference is MPO and FPO, I would say, have a, a similar skill disparity between the top and the bottom. It just happens way faster in FPO right. because you're dealing with like 36 players versus MPO, you're dealing with like 170. Yeah. Uh, because if you took the bottom it's of the, thing. if you take the bottom of the MPO field or somewhere in the middle, there's probably a lot of holes on tour that they can't reach. There's probably a lot of landing zones on tour that they can't reach. Mm-hmm. And they have to play a different game. Difference is those players are never on lead card. Mm-hmm. In FPO, what happens is you probably have a similar percentage of elite distance throwers in FPO and in MPO, but when you have the percentages of 36 players, there's a chance that you have a player that gets into the cash line or gets on the chase card or gets on the lead card that can't compete with the Page, Cat, Kristen, Holland Hanley, Ella Hansons of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you cater to them, it seems unfair. Right. When you cater to the top end of the field, it seems more unfair in right. FPO than in MPO. When it's really, it's what's happening in MPO and it's pushing the sport forward. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to lean into that with FPO. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you lean into it now, is it going to make a few years where there's going to be dominance? Yeah. Did that happen in MPO? But it absolutely. The thing is, though, FPO is already getting so much better it with is. that. So, like, I think people just need to wait it out. Like, but I'm it's saying gonna, it's going to keep happening. That's more what, players what I'm will saying emerge. is, like, right now, part of the reason that parity happens is. some of the courses don't cater to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think that all courses, that should be where they're thinking is like, as much as it sounds kind of harsh or whatever, if you can't throw enough, throw far enough, hit the gym, hit the field, throw farther because the sport's evolving. And it's not like, like if they design the courses to be smaller, like Paige is still gonna be able to throw a putter where you're throwing a fairway. Yeah. That's not like that is still an advantage. It's Distance a, it, is always an yeah. advantage. It's sports are meant to be cutthroat at the end of the day. Yeah. That, is, so, that is just the nature of this. We can't make it. A, it has to be, you know, it has to cater to the top players because that's why they're the top players. Yeah. And there's not, <laughs> it's not like there's going to be less pages of the world three years from now. There's going to be more. And so you got to build the sport for futuring, like the future proof of the sport. Yeah. We can't just make it exciting for this year. And then three years from now, everyone's shooting 17 under and we're just playing the Memorial 10 times. Yeah. And That's not fun. I so I think you got to, you got to be thinking of what's the future of the sport. But I do agree. It needs to be much more intentional um, and, and not something where, you know, you're just throwing a tee pad 75 feet up the fairway right. or changing the par. Right. And like, that's that. Yeah, that just feels like patronizing too. Like imagine them going to pitch and putts every week. Like that would just feel, it'd feel like a joke. Yes. Feel like an afterthought. So yeah. like, you got it. You got to give them. You just the have right to accept, stage. and they've accepted it on the MPO side because I think there's enough voices at the top that it nullifies the voices at the bottom, and there's right. kind of understanding. It seems because it, on the FPO side, it seems like a bigger deal because there's not as many voices at the top because it's a percentage thing in mm-hmm. my mind, and you just got to accept that no matter what decision you make, not everyone's going to be happy. So you got to make the decision that's the best for the future of the sport and is going to push FPO yeah. towards the future. And I agree. I think the future is eventually get their own tour. Right. Um, but you got to make that sustainable in the future. And I think that more tour stops that can have separate FPO courses, the better as well. Yeah. Um, quick off-season player tracking, because I think we're, I mean, we're basically done, but KJ Naibo officially announced to Discraft. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know how I feel about it emotionally, but I know that 
I had a physical reaction whenever I saw that of just like chills going down my body. I will, good to bad chills. I big, don't know. Big different, development. Different chills. Some guy on Twitter heard me talking about the Swirl Star T-Birds and he's trading me one. Oh, nice. So cool. I am in that. I need to message him back. Um, if you're I listening, thank you so much. I don't know if we talked about Maybe this or yet or not, but Nate Perkins has left Discmania. We did talk about that. We did talk about that. Yep. Harold, you're the GOAT, and I'm going to get back to it you. It will be interesting to see where Perkins disc. goes um, if he goes anywhere, because again, like he's on the commentary analysis yeah. side, and he's also done but some like, also managing. He's been making some, some moolah off those signature discs though yeah it's just a weird line for like a like a manager or an agent in disc golf to be they also might have just dropped them we don't know that that's also true to be um sponsored like it's a weird line yeah. when like yeah. i don't know it's just something interesting i believe that's all the off-season movement that we i believe like it's just called up mainly they just want to talk about kj naibo because we talked about it last i don't week. think i like it and well the good news is he doesn't play enough nowadays yeah. no, we're not right. really i just think like if it, if there's a kj naibo disc like you know, like there's sure sure gonna, gonna be something, but like it feels it's like it's gonna make T Bird. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's gonna. I think it's this kind of cutthroat these days. They don't. They really made discs. his name associated with like classic Innova by making it like the like the CE stamp or the KC stamp. I do or, think we all gas so, like, up it's KJ Nibo like so much. Yeah, like most people have no idea who he is. I agree. Yeah, you're right, and like he probably, I don't think he won anything. He was just a big. He's like a 13-time Danish national champion. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. What the heck? No, I, I, I'm just saying. I think he lives in cult fandom in our brains. Trevor doesn't know disc golf, man. All right, let's wrap the show up here with a little in the bag uh, segment. This one, courtesy of Connor's brain, presented um, by this is uh, this is presented by the In the Bag podcast. Um, yes, so in the bag segment you, presented by the In Bag podcast. Presented That's by funny. yeah. yeah. Uh, disc golf band names. So I think the disc caveat, golf themed band names. Caveat here is it just has to have something disc golf related in your band. Very loose caveat. Very yeah. loose caveat. Yes, it's very uh, best, it's the, the caveat time. is loose. Uh, I believe the last one that we put on Twitter, I won. Yep. So you choose. So I get to choose the order, and I think I would like to go first. Who do you want to go? Second? I will have Trevor go second and Connor go third. All right. Okay. Let's um, do this. I'm very excited about this one. I'm like excited I'm, about it. I'm in nervous. Way, <laughs> my chest hurts. I'm nervous. My chest hurts because I'm so excited about it. Okay. My my first disc golf themed band name. I'm getting like I'm like actually scared. Comes courtesy of Prodigy, A3D3. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's great. That's very I good. I love it. Very good. Am I going second? Trevor yep. second. I'm gonna take this one just because I think somebody could take it, and it is the McBeastie Boys. That's great. That's a great one. That's great. Um, wow, I'm just bro. going right out the gates with Lincoln Parked. Dang it. That was on That's, my list. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. That exact one was I, on my I list. I do have to say, the rest of the ones I have, I don't think that you guys have. I, that yeah, was the, I chose that one. I chose that one I first because too. I knew that one was obvious. Yeah, I like that one. I have four. I have three more, it's but your, you, you, you get picked you two. Again. Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> um... <laughs> I have Park. so many. I mean, the here. amount of knockoff merch that's just like formulating in my brain right now—it's disgusting. Here we go, the Red Hot Chili Steppers. That's Man, a good one. It also you did steal that from the movie Jump In on Disney Channel. What? What? In, in that movie, they have a jump rope team called the Red Hot Chili Steppers mm. because they that's do... my bad. Flag on the play, <laughs> copyright infringement. So, Connor, just no. saying, it already exists. Trevor, and they're a jump rope team, and they're and they're darn good at double dutch. Okay, my. My bad, man. You guys ever seen that I'm one? I'm so sorry. Anyways, uh, my next one is Eagle and the Cloud Breakers. Uh, that's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Needs a good one. Um, 
Sound very whimsical to me. Sound like an yeah, indie. I, indie. I, I enjoy the whimsy. I yeah. get I get two here. You get two. Uh, well, this one's a little bit. It's the it's Aerosmith's indie brother, Aviar Smith. <laughs> like it. A little more like of a stretch. It. A little more AVR of a stretch. Smith. Well, because like the arrow is a putter from Innova. Yeah, you could have yeah. just gone Aerosmith. I didn't want to. <laughs> um, and then we also have Tom Petty and the Chainbangers. Love. Yep. Nice. This, I think it's great. Thank you. Um, my I thought about going the route where I just said famous people and I was like Ariana Grande and the disc golf <laughs> <laughs> my next two are more of like just creative I didn't like just I like, like stick a name in so like this that. one is called turned and burned yeah I a like heavy that. metal action so now these are my last two and then Trevor has one more right yes. and I have one more as well yeah yes you're right okay I'm gonna have to have some honorable mentions okay is that okay yeah that is perfectly fine you can I'm go after going we to go, go I'm going to go with Shoguns and Roses. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Um, That's brilliant. And then to end it off here, I have Maroon Five Time Buzzes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those are great. No, Maroon Five Time Buzz. Maroon Five Time Buzz. Trevor, your Um, last one? My last one was just called Don't Nice Me. I love that. that sounds more like a song name. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a little, it's a little edgy. Uh, my final one is Fleetwood Rock. Love it. Nice. Yep. yep. That this is a great prompt. We need, right. to, find, we need we to find more pun related prompts. honorable mentions. Yes, please. Uh, the Rock and Rollers. Nice. Um, I have Fade Out Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Panic at the Disc Golf. Man, oh, yeah. there's so many of these. Van Halo Wraith. <laughs> and then my personal favorite. That I 20, 21 Streamline Pilots. Oh <laughs> my gosh, dude. Those are so funny. I also funny. have the Courtesy Violators. <laughs> yeah, that's a good band name. I can't remember the other one I put down. Oh my gosh. 21 Streamline Pilots and Shoguns and Roses. Those are so 21 funny. 21 Streamline Pilots I loved a funny. lot, but it was both that, kind of a fringe band and a fringe disc. I'm going to go ahead and say that was, isn't that, that was my They're favorite. Anymore, yeah. That was my favorite prompt we've ever had. That, that was, was very funny. funny. Yeah, A3D3 I was proud of. I, I, I was that, trying I to think it. of I was trying to think of one with ACDC. Connor's all list I could think is about definitely was DX, the best. Was ACDX. Con- Connor, uh, I was like, that's not good enough. I just Connor's immediately thought Prodigy. I was like, yeah. oh, which which number do I choose? I was like, three sounds like C. The A3D3 is a great one. All right, well, there you have it. Uh, you can vote for these over on Twitter at GripLockedPod and let us know who you think won. We'll probably be back with another in the bag next week. If nothing happens in the disc golf world, I think next week might be our Shark Tank episode. Okay. I am so excited. So just I've got one product some, and just get ready is the dumbest thing you've ever heard Start taking some mental notes. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like we really peaked in that last one we did all those years Clock ago. shirt. Yeah. So I wasn't, I, all, I just judged for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, last time we did it, we like improv in like 30 minutes. And yeah. And I came up with three that were like solid bedtime ideas. Basket. I had the bedtime basket. And the other one that I was really proud of was it was like, you know, the microwavable beanbag situations you put around your neck. Yeah. So it's oh. like that, but it would fit in the inside of your disc to get it back to shape. So you'd microwave it. And then you said that. Mm. Yeah. I don't remember that. I don't. Remember That's that. a, like a pretty creative idea for pretty, 15 minutes creative, of prep. But like I peaked. I peaked. I don't even remember what my other one was. Clock shirt and. I don't know. There was a lot of stupid going I on. I said over here. something. I couldn't get clock shirt. What made it funny is I couldn't Did get you it out. Disc clock drone? Shirt. <laughs> Did you do disc drone where you could control the disc after it flies? I think no. You I did. had disc fan, but there disc was a fan, fan under it that like made it yeah. glide more. It's <laughs> like Ooh, oh, that's man. what we were like. Oh, so a drone? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what an episode! You can go back and watch that. It's still on YouTube it's somewhere. Good, it's good epic. Uh, and you know what? Next week, 
Not just somewhere on this channel. <laughs> no, it's somewhere. It's deep in the deep in the YouTube in the archives. Archives. Um, <laughs> all right. Next week, I think Disc Golf Shark Tank makes a return, so okay. you're not going to miss it. I'm very excited about it. We'll that, talk to you those all. Those band names are fun. Next week. <laughs> <laughs>